So today's Shmuz is being given Lezeche Nishmas Meri Guta Bas Nasan. It's Mrs. Horowitz, her mother's yard site is today, her first yard site. So we're going to be giving the Shmuz Lezeche Nishmasa. There's an amazing Pachad Yitzchak. It's not found in the actual volume on Purim, but it's found in a different sefer called Rishima Slave. And the Pachad Yitzchak says that the reason why Klal Yisrael did not want to be makabel on themselves, the Yantif, Purim as a Yantif, meaning that there's a Gemara in Megillah that has a stiram sukkim. One pasuk says that the, that the Jews, after the, after the uh, miracle of Purim, they wanted to makabal themselves, Mishta, the Simcha, the Yamtiv. Mishta is celebrations, the Sudas that we have, Simcha is to have a lot of merriment, the Yamtiv, and a Yamtiv. What does that mean, Yantiv? Yantiv means that it's a day like Shabbos, like, uh, like Purim, like, like Pesach, like Shavuos, like Sukkot, like Rosh Hashanah, Kippur, that there is an Iser Malacha. It's a Yantiv. It's a day that you can't do any Malacha. That was the original design, the original plan of Purim was to make a day that was fully Yantiv. That's why the, the Megillah says that originally that was going to be the way it was. Imagine Purim being a day like, like Pesach, like the first day of Pesach. You wouldn't be able to drive anywhere. There wouldn't be traffic of uh, send, you know, bringing Shalach Manis all over the place. There wouldn't be Matanis Levyeinim. There wouldn't be, uh, you know, you wouldn't be able to give money out to people. Um, it would be a different day. But that was the original uh, way that the, that the Megillah says that Purim was supposed to be. A few psukim later, it says, um, They only made it a day of mishta and simcha. Yantiv it doesn't say. All of a sudden, the Pasuk is very absent about any mention of Yantiv. And the Gemara in Megillah points this out. And the Gemara says that Yantiv, like Kabilu Alayu, they refused, they did not want to accept upon themselves the day of Purim as a Yantiv. They didn't want an Isser Malacha. This week in, in, in the Vat on Tuesday night, we discussed a different Pachid Yitzchak in the actual Sefer. In the, in the, um, in the back of the Sefer, there's a, there's, um, a contras, uh that in Eishchaf in Gimel, it brings a different reason from the Pachid Yitzchak for this. And we, in, a, in the Vad, you can listen to it online, uh, we said it, uh, another pshat in why Yantiv like Kabila Alaya. There's a lot of beautiful pshatim that are offered. But in this particular piece from Rav that we're speaking about today, he says probably the nicest idea of all. Why is it that the Jews did not want to be makabal in themselves, Purim as a Yantiv, as a chash of a day of like a regular Yantiv, with an Isr Malacha and a regular like Pesach, Shavuah, Sukkot, etc.? He says, because if it was a Yantif, you would have to make Havdalah at the end of Yantif. To make Havdalah. Every Yantif, after Yantif is over, Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah, there's always Yantif, just like Shabbos. We always make Havdalah when we're going from Kaidesh into Chal. 
So Rav Hotner says that we would have to make Havdalah also on Purim. But he says that a Yid can't be Mavdil from Purim. A Jew cannot make Havdalah. It's not possible for a Jew to make Havdalah from Purim because Purim is so part of the fabric of who we are that if we would have a mitzvah to make Havdalah on Purim, we couldn't do it. It's like physically impossible almost to make Havdalah on such a day because it's such a day of, of purity and of joy and otherworldliness that it's just not shayach to part from it. We wouldn't physically be able to sit down with a, with a, you know, and say, but we couldn't do it. So because of that, says Rufotner, that's the deeper reason. It's not his own reason, by the way. He brings it um, from the Chachmei HaEmes, people that are Mekubalim. I don't know who exactly he's referring to, but he had a Messiah in the Chachmei HaEmes, and he said that, uh, that we would not be able to part from it. That's, that's the reality. We, we could not make Havdalah from Purim. And people that you know, have experienced a Purim in the proper way, understand what Rav Hutner means, because you know, it's such a beautiful day if it's done right, and I keep on chazing this over in every vat, in every, that you know, it's so important to be in the right place with the right people on Purim, because if you're in the wrong place with the wrong people, then it's going to be nothing but, you know, there, there's, it's, 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 a, it's a Jewish Halloween, basically. Rachman al-Litzlan. And if you want a day, like we're describing, that it's yantib dik to the degree that we wouldn't be able to make Havdalah from it, you have to be in the right place, and you have to be with the right people, and you have to have the right kavanas. Because Purim is a day that, is, that Yom Kippur says, I am like Purim, Yom Kippurim. So obviously there's a lot of spiritual gold found in Purim. You have to mine the gold. And that means that on the, the, the tefillahs that we have, on Purim are very powerful. The learning, the Yeshua Smarachayat Sadik, very powerful. The Mitzvah Hayyim, the Megillah, and the Mishlayach Manais, Matanitzav Yainim, and the, the, the Reyes, and the Ava, and the Ben Adam Lachavera, Ben Adam Lamakim, that you could gain in that one day, those 24 hours of Purim, is more than you could really accomplish the Svar Makadeshim, say, on any other day of the year. And so Rav Hutner meant it when he said that you couldn't make a Havdalah. It's not shaykh to make Havdalah from such a day. If you go to Chaim Berlin, you see the way their Havdalah looks at the end of Purim, when everybody else is like getting, you know, starting to put their, clean up their house and vacuum and, you know, mop whatever happened over Purim. If you go to, if you go to Chaim Berlin, a Matzai Purim, they call it like the Hemshech of the Suda. And it goes, you know, there's a huge band uh, in the base Medrash and under, on a platform and underneath it is the Rosh Shiva and he gives, uh, and there's bleachers and there's thousand people like, you know, singing and dancing and it's, it's amazing. That's their Havdalah. There's no Havdalah. You can't part from Purim. You have to, it's attached to us. It stays with us. And it's important to note that you might think to ask, well, isn't Shabbos this way as well? Shabbos is also a very special day. 
Shabbos is, a, is, is, is the holiest day of the year, and we get it every seven days. And yet somehow we're able to be mavdil, we make havdalah at the end of Shabbos. Is Purim harder to be mavdil from than Shabbos? And I think that the answer is that it might be as hard to be mavdil on Shabbos if we keep it right as Purim, but the reality is that we have to go back we have to go back to working during the week. There's Sheshes Yimeha Maisa. We have to go and do our Aveda. You have to work and you have to, you have to do things that are chayl. And then come Shabbos and we, we remind ourselves again what the purpose of it all is. But you have to be Mabdil. You can't stay Shabbos a whole week. But we really want to stay Shabbos a whole week. And you know what? In the Havdalah, we actually invoke a Pasuk from none other than Megillus Esther. When we leave Shabbos and we go into Chel, there's a Pasuk that we say that's taken from Megillus Esther. What's the Pasuk? La Yehudim Haisa Aira V'Simcha V'Sasen V'Yikar The Jews, after the Nase, they had Aira, they had light, they had joy, they had another form of joy, and they had Yikar, they had preciousness. Kain Tielana, we also want that. What does that mean, Kain Tielana? We also want that. Maybe it's sort of like a remez to what we're saying, that as much as, just like Purim never leaves us, it's always a part of us. That's why we can't make Havdalah from it. Shabbos also, we, it should remain with us. Elamai, we have to go out to Chel. There's a mitzvah to be Mavdil. But in the Havdalah, we remind ourselves that just like the Jews had Eira, Simcha, Sassin, and Yikar, and, and, and it, it was that that was taken throughout the year with them, came to Yalana, we also want to keep the Shabbos with us. Just like we can't be Mabdul from Purim, we also don't want to be Mabdul from Shabbos. We have to, but we remind ourselves that just like Purim retains the Kedushas Purim throughout the year, right now we're Purim Dick, not because that Purim is about to come, we're Purim Dick still from last year's Purim. We never left Purim, so too we have this by Shabbos, this feeling that we also want to stay Shabbos Dick. Now how do we stay Shabbos Dick throughout the week? How is it possible? In Misa, we, we drive cars throughout the week and we write and we do all the, the Lamates Malachas and we, we're supposed to. So what exactly are we doing during the week that retains Shabbos? So I want to share with you something that's very special to me. I don't think it's been published anywhere yet. Um, I've never seen it, in fact, at least. It's something that I heard with a messiah, with a very good messiah. When I first moved into Queens with my family, uh, going back around 18 years, so within that year or maybe two years later, there was a parlor meeting across the street from my house, a neighbor uh, was hosting it, for the yeshiva in Kew Gardens, uh, Shara Taira, a very chashav yeshiva in Kew Gardens. The Rashiva was a, a great gadol by the name of Rebzelig Epstein. Rebzelig Epstein was the father of Yibadul Chaim Reb Kalman Epstein, who is the Rashiva today of Shara Taira. Rebzelig was a tremendous, tremendous Adam gadol. 
if he's not a household name, if you might not know of him so much, if at all, and you might not see an art scroll book about him, and you might not, uh, you know, know anything about him, it's because he chose to be very tsanua. He didn't want any fanfare. He wanted to be Rashiva, but as much as people try to encourage him to take the helm of leadership in America, Rav Shach used to call him, he was very close to Rav Shach, as we'll see soon, and he used to try to persuade him to be on the Mayatzis Gzaleya and to be the head of the Mayatzis and take over this organization, that organization, be more in charge. He always declined. He was very anivastic. He didn't want any... So he stayed really very beneath the radar. And people came to him from far and wide to be Shail Eitz. He was known to be a tremendous pikeach, very wise. And his, you know, whatever he gave over advice to people, you know, was always on the money. He was very normal and very with it and very, you know, on the mark about everything. But he didn't want to be known he, outside of his yeshiva and whoever knew him, fine. But he wanted to live a life that was, that was not, you know, too public. But at this parlor meeting, he spoke, and he said a beautiful vart. It was this time of year. It was right before Purim. So he said a Purim vart, and he said he heard it from Rav Shach. Again, I've never seen a quote from Rav Shach, so as far as I know, this is a very big marganisa. It's a pearl that you have to protect, and you have to write down, and you have to remember. He says that in Havdalah, like we just said, it says, ripped from the Megillah, Pasuk, that we say every week in Havdalah. And he said, why is it that this Pasuk of all Psukim is chosen, you know, in Havdalah? There's so many Psukim in the Torah to, to choose. And even if in the Megillah there's other nice Psukim, why, what is the significance of mentioning this Pasuk particularly in, Megillah, in Havdalah, taken from Megillah's Esther? So listen to what Rav Shach said. The Jews in Shushan, at the beginning of the Megillah, the story begins with the Jews being invited to this party and celebrating you know, the, the reign of Achashverosh, that he was, uh, he was a king for a certain amount of years, and he felt that now the Jews are not going to go back to Gullahs, whatever it was. And the Jews were invited, and they were given the royal treatment, the red carpet treatment. They had their own mashkiach tamidi at this party, Mordechai at Tzadik. He made sure that the yayin wasn't yayin nesach, and he made sure that the meat was uh, not about, not ayin, and that the pas that was served there was not pas akam. Everything was glakosher meals, and they were being wined and dined literally, a lot of the, most of the party at the end, the last week, was for the Jews of Shushan. So if you were a Jew living in Shushan, you'd probably feel really good about yourself. You'd probably feel, we made it. Imagine if you were invited to the White House uh, Hanukkah party, and you have food and this and that. You know, you, you walk out, wow, like, America's a great place. Like, you know, we're real, it's really a place that democracy reigns, and we have you know, so much power and so much prestige and we're so niskabal, we're so embraced that we're even being invited to the, to the White House and, and eating kosher food and davening mincha. It's great. It's a great country. That's exactly the way the Jews felt in Shushan. It's an amazing place, this Shushan. Look at how 
Achashverosh has taken care of us and he loves us and we're, we're accepted. We're, we finally broke the glass ceiling of you know, being always discriminated against anti-Semitism and, and uh, here we have it. Great. It's amazing gullus. It's amazing gullus, just like America. And then what happened shortly thereafter? History, the pattern of history took over. See the Meshachachma in Parshish B'chukaisa, the famous Meshachachma, where he describes how every single gullus that we have follows the same exact pattern. It's, it's, it's frightening. But this is the way it goes. The first generation comes in, he says, and you know, they, are, uh, they still keep some of the, uh, the old ways of their fathers, and then the next generation wants to be more free. They feel that they're being accepted by society. We don't want to you know, have these old antiquated laws restraining us, restricting us from being accepted. So they start breaking down the ghetto walls and they, think, they feel that, okay, we've made it and now the Gaim are going to fully embrace us and we're, we're one nation and we have liberties and we have uh, everything is good. And then the Gaim get very mad at us. They don't want us to be so close with them. Beis HaLevi says the reason for that is Hashem puts that sinna in their heart to, to repel us from them. It's for our own good when there's anti-Semitism. But, and ultimately, they kick us out of the country, the Gayim, and then we start over in a new country, and the, and the cycle repeats itself over and over and over again. You know, it's like what Albert Einstein said, that the, uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So in a sense, we're insane. We think that we go to a Gullus and now we could just, now this is, America is different, or Spain was different, Portugal was different, Germany was different, and it's not different. It just, it just you know, sometimes it takes a little bit longer, but it happens. Gayim get upset with us, and ultimately, Rahman al-Itzlan, they repel us, they, they push us out, they evict us from their midst. And that's exactly what happened in Shushan. We thought that we had made it. We thought that we were, us and the guy were like mamish brothers and hugging and everything was amazing. And then boom, all of a sudden, Haman makes a decree. We didn't even see it coming. That Lahashmid, Laragul, Abe to destroy utterly every vestige of Kal Yisrael. And Kal Yisrael obviously got a wake-up call that I guess Gullus isn't as great as we thought it was. I guess we weren't as accepted and as loved as we imagined ourselves to be. And then the nace happened. We came this close to being destroyed. Baruch Hashem, in the nick of time, Lech Knesset Kal and we gathered together, we did shuva, and ultimately we were saved. But the Jews wanted to remember this lesson. They wanted to recall this for all time, that... You know, that we have to be careful not to endear ourselves so much to the Gayim because they don't really, it doesn't stick. It's not something that's real. We have to maintain our own mitzvahs, our own minhagim, our own ways of dress and of, 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 of our manners of conduct have to be unique and distinct because otherwise we're going to just fall prey to this myth that the Gayim are in love with us, and in fact, that's not the, not, not saying that there aren't Gayim that are very fine Gayim, but on the whole, there is no love lost between, you know, between the Yidden and the Gayim. So what did they do? At the end of the Megillah, it says what they did. La Yehudim Haisa Aira, Vesimcha, Vesasa, and Vyakar. 
Literally, like we said before, it means they had light, they had joy, they had happiness, and they had preciousness, whatever that means. That's, what does that mean? Light, they had, uh, they had, they had electricity. What, what did it mean that they have light? What does it mean they have light? How do you understand even the, the joy? Okay, they were happy. Was he a car? So Chazal say exactly what this means. They had, they accepted upon themselves the Taira. Anu. And then, they accepted upon themselves a Yantif. Meaning they lost it. Rashi says Haman was geyser even on these things. They had lost it. Now they regained it again and they started being macabre on themselves a brand new Yantif from now on. We're going we're gonna to make it Yantif special now. We're not going to just like, you know, ruin every Yantif. We're not going to get sad in our Yantif. We're not going to not appreciate it. We're not going to complain when it's a three-day Yantif and it's a this Yantif and it's that. We're going we're gonna to do it with a Geshmak. Sasan Zumila, we're gonna in, we're gonna really rejoice by a, by the mitzvah of bris mila was taken away from us. From now on, we're gonna appreciate it. Viakar elutfilin, they took our tefillin away, and now we're going to put it every morning on with a geshmak, with a new with a new enthusiasm. So if Shach says, what is why these four mitzvahs? Why why weren't they makabel themselves to do the mitzvah pidgin ben brand new? Why were they makabal themselves to do uh, whatever shiluch uh, hakain? There's so many other mitzvahs that they could. Why dafka these four? So he says like this: a, a beautiful pshat. You have to remember this pshat. He says these four mitzvahs are mitzvahs that are distinctions between Jews and Gayim. These are four mitzvahs that are like the uh, the line, the barrier, the barricade that separates a Jew from a guy. Tyra. The Gemara says that a guy is not allowed to learn Tyra. If a guy learns Tyra, he's chayyeb benafshay. He's not supposed to be learning Tyra. They're not allowed to know our mishpat. We're not supposed to teach Tyra to Gayim. So Tyra is something that separates a Jew and a guy. It's something that we have, Gayim don't have. Yantif. Rav Shach includes Shabbos with Yantif. Gaisha Shabbos. You're not allowed to, a guy is not allowed to keep Shabbos. If a guy says, you know what, I want to be like the Jews. I want to keep for 24 hours, I'm not going to do any work. I'm going to keep Shabbos, and you're doing L'Shem Shabbos. Chayab Misa. Chayab Benafsha. Why? It's not Nasata Hashem as we say in Shabbos tomorrow morning by davening. HaKadosh Baruch did not give Shabbos it wasn't intended for anyone but Jews. Shabbos is something that is a Jewish day. It's not a Gaiisha day. Yantif, Shabbos. These are days that we could keep and a guy is specifically not allowed to keep. That's another distinction between a Jew and a guy. Sasan Zumila. Brismila is something that is uniquely Jewish. People always say, well, what's so great about the Jews having circumcision? Today, 90% of Americans get circumcised in the hospital. Did you know that? Like, it's, became, it's, it's known to be uh, very you know, beneficial for one's health. For uh, um, it, people, it's a much healthier thing to be circumcised. So how is a Jew distinct? The Gemara, the Mishnah Nidarim says that if a person makes a neder, if a person says that I'm not going to get any hana'ah, I'm not going to get any pleasure min ha-mayhalim, from people that have a bris milah. So you're not allowed to get hana'ah from Jews. 
but you're allowed to get Hana from a guy, even if he's Gemalt, even if a guy has a, has, is circumcised, I'm allowed to get Hana from him. He's not considered a male. He's not mal. He's not considered somebody that's circumcised. His circumcision is not a bris milah. And the Mishnah also says if you're noyel, if you're if you're neider min if you say I'm not getting hana from people that are arelim uncircumcised, so you're allowed to get hana from a Jew who happens to not yet be circumcised, but you're not you're not allowed to get hana from a Jew, from a guy who is circumcised. He's also called an arel. The Gemara. We have a pasuk for that. Kikal hagayim arelamim. They're all arelam. They're all considered arelam. Sazer of shach and tefillin, of course. Tefillin is the last thing. Also, a line of demarcation. Why? Because v'ro kol amel aretz kishem Hashem nikra lecha v'yarmi mecha. When we wear tefillin shal roish, the Gemara says, based on a pasuk, that the gayim get very scared of a Jew wearing tefillin shal roish. They fear us when we wear tefillin shal. It's another way of repelling gayim from Jews. So. Says Rav Shach, the Jews at the end of the miracle of Purim decided that they're going to be mechazik in four unique mitzvahs. Not stam mitzvahs, but mitzvahs that are segregating a Jew from a guy, that are separating a Jew from a guy, so that we never get into this false narrative, into this false myth that, you know, we and the guy are the same. And very often we feel that way. Don't we feel that way all the time? We wear, uh, you know, people go to hockey games and they wear, uh, they wear the, the jersey of the, with a cap and you think you're mamish like, you know, part and parcel of every, every, every other Ranger fan, every other Islander fan, every other Devils fan, whatever it is that your, your team is, you feel like you, there's no difference between us. I even have a, I can eat a kosher hot dog, there are concession stands, I can have uh, fries, I can have, uh, you know, whatever, anything that I want. It's, we're, we're, us and the guy are the same. And the Jews said, okay, what are we going to do so that we don't fall into that trap? Look what happened. We thought we were the same as the Gaim. They invited us to their bashes, to their parties, to their banquets. And how did that work out for us? Not too good. So what do we do from now on? We have to make ourselves more distinctive. Keep Shabbos and Yantav with a Geshmak. We have to be able to uh, put on our tefillin with a Geshmak, Mila. And, of course, Limanat Torah, all these things make us more distinctly Jewish because it's something that Goyim cannot in any way infiltrate. These are, this is our boundary. This is our security wall, a firewall against ever going too close to the Goyim. Every week in Havdalah, we remind ourselves of this when we say, We want to continue that. We want to continue being distinct from the Gaim. And so in Havdalah, we bring every single week this Pasuk from Megillus Esther. Megillus Esther was supposed to, the Purim miracle was supposed to be, it was the last miracle that was written in Tanakh, the last great miracle. Hanukkah was after it, but it was, um, it was not written down. The last thing that was written down in Tanakh the last yontiv that we have is Purim. And Purim is supposed to take us throughout the entire length of Golis until Yemesa Mashiach to remind us to stay unique from the Gayim. That's what Purim is. That's one of the major themes of Purim. Shabbos we have to part from. But the way that we could stay Shabbistic is if we remember throughout our week to be very distinctive from Gayim.
That's not to say that we're supposed to be in, you know, completely act like, you know, hermetically sealed. Obviously, we go out to work. It's wonderful if you get a job in, uh, you know, in a place that has shiurim day and night and mincha minyanim and soul Jews. That's a wonderful thing. And, you know, Baruch Hashem, there are places like that today. And it's definitely, you know, I think it, it, it's great. Um, but very often you're not going to be in, in such a hermetically sealed environment. You're going to be in hospitals working and you're going to be, uh, you know, at corporations or whatever it is that, you, that you're going to do, a public school teaching. You're going to be with Gayim. There's no question about it. That's fine. But it's very important to keep your distinction dur- during the week and never fall prey to this illusion that, oh, I'm, you know, us and Gayim, are, that's a very, very dangerous thing. And so in the Havdalah that we make every week, when we have to make it, we say, okay, but we want to stay Purim Dick. We want to be just like Purim we can't be Mabdal from. We can't be Mabdal from Shabbos. We can't be Mabdal from the Yisait of Shabbos, which is staying away from Gayim. Whatever we learn about Shabbos that we have to be unique, that's going to apply to everything that we do during the week. And so we carry forth from Shabbos through the site of Purim, we remember throughout the week that this is who we are. We're distinct. We're not Gayim. As easy as it is in our society to sometimes believe that, we're not Gayim. I had a, a Talmud years ago. He wrote me a, a le- an email. And he said to me, you know, Rebbe, I'm, I'm, I, I feel very bad that I didn't ask you a Shiloh once, but I, I didn't have time. This was a guy that was like one of the best guys in yeshiva. He learned day and night. He was a very chashavah Talmud. And then he got a job in an accounting firm. And it was before Kratzmach. It was before the holiday season. And he is very tall, this, this boy. And they had put up a, a tree in the office. And they had to put the, the, the mug and oven on top of the tree. Um, it's not really a mug and oven. Um, but... So they, they needed somebody to do it. They didn't have a ladder. So they said, Yankel, you're tall. You know, would you be able to put this on top of the tree? And without thinking, you know, he wanted to be a team player, so he went and he did it. Now, I don't know if that's Abizraya Dabai Dazar. I don't know if there's an Isser involved in what he did. I'm not sure what a tree is anyway. But, you know, he said he felt bad that afterwards he was thinking back, like, how was I able to do that? How did I do that? How did I just like so nonchalantly go and, 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 and adorn their tree? This is a boy that was learning like three minutes ago with a with an Asivas and with a you know with a Rabnachim, and now he's uh, now he's putting a, a tree. How does that happen? It's very easy to happen. It's a lot easier than we think. I remember as a as a Bachar, I had a friend who got tickets to a uh, a Mets game. So I, normally I wouldn't go. I'm not too interested in uh, you know in spectator sports, but I like the end of spectating. I don't have the patience to sit through 100 games of baseball following a team. It's, like, very boring. Or, for that matter, football. But I like, I admit that I like seeing, like, the last. I like seeing the Spitz. I like the, the World Series and the, the Super Bowl. That's when I wake up and I'm, you know, I'm trying to, like, you know, get into it a little bit. For just to be, to bond with my children, of course. And then, um, so, I, uh, so I went with him to a game. People that know baseball know the game, but I don't remember which game it was. It was the Mets. It was in Shea Stadium, Oliver Shalom. Before they moved, they knocked that down and built City Field uh, right here in Queens. And they, it was a pennant. I think it was to get into the World Series. 
and the Mets were playing another team, and and it was it went into extra innings, and the the the, the Shea Stadium was literally rocking. It was like it felt like there was an earthquake. The place was like going crazy. Every batter up, every every pitch was like you know was the whole world getting into the World Series with Tully on every hit, and. I was finding myself also getting into it. And everybody around was like so into this. And like finally, I think it won, it was won by a home run, like a, by the Mets. And everybody was like, Aira, Simcha, Sasan, Yikar was like, you know, Vair, Shushan, Sahalavisamecha. The whole place was like so happy. And for a second, there was like, a, like an Italian guy like sitting right next to me. And I was like, Mamish, like, a, I didn't. But I was about to like get like a big jalab with like a beer belly and like like spilling beer all over me after the game, and I was about to give him like a, a bear hug. We we looked at each other like we stopped, but like but you know, but it, it was like I was that close. I wasn't working in a firm for ten years with these people. I, I didn't know the guy, but it's very easy if you're put into a certain you know environment, even briefly, and you're in a country that's so inviting and that's so open and so free. It's very easy for us to get very close to Gaim. It's very easy, very easy. You know, I wonder how is this guy, how did this guy go with this and, and how did he she intermarry how did she it's not that hard. It's really not that difficult. Very it's a lot more, you know, easy to to do, unfortunately, Rahman al than we would when we're in Yeshiva, we think we think it is. So we have to like you know, batten down the hatchet. We have to like make sure to keep ourselves very strong during the week. Shabbos is fine. Shabbos, we're good. We're in shul, we're a family. But during the week, when we go out and it starts right at Matzai Shabbos, you know, with the phones and with this and going bowling, you know, and right, and it goes into the week. And, you know, if we're not careful, it's a slippery slope. So we remind ourselves, says Rav Shach, every Matzai Shabbos, we also have to do that. If we want to make sure to be between Jews and Gaim, which is all part of Havdalah, we have to make sure to do these things well. And Simcha, Shabbos, Yantif, Sasan, Mila, and Yakar, Tfilin. These are things that we have to like, really embrace and, 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 and be excited about. And do with enthusiasm because that's how we're going to stay uniquely from uniquely Jewish. Cain Tielana, we want to have that Megillah. We want to take that Yisait from Megillah that we can't be Mabdal from Purim because it's so a part of us. At the end of Purim, we're, we feel so Jewish. We know who we are. We touched our Neshama. We feel pure again. We feel that. I don't know, Adelayada, I don't, you know, there's no, I, I can't, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in another world. I'm in a world of Yerushalayim, of Tyra, of Kedusha, of Nisim, of Ashkacha Pratis, of Nisim Nistarim, of, that even in Gullus, I still feel the Rabbi Yisham, I have to push back against all those influences, all those foreign influences. That's one of the major Yisraelites of Purim, and that is taken with us into every Havdalah. The Havdalah that we, that we don't make on Purim because we can't, we actually understand that we have to start incorporating that lesson that we can't be mavdal from Purim into every Shabbos as well.
it's not just getting close to the Rabbeinu Shalom, not being able to separate from the Kedusha of the Rabbeinu Shalom that we have to do on Purim, that that's the mission of the day. But there's another mission of the day, and that is to be able to get very close to our friends, to make a tight-knit friendship. I heard once from somebody that, you know, people send out so many Shalach Manis. Who do you send it out to? You have lists. People, women make lists, or guys make lists, you know, of all of the uh, Shalach Manis that are, uh, you know, all the people, all my friends, right? My friends, my family, my neighbors, all the people that I'm close with, that I'm, you know, I'm boys with. He said, this person said, I don't remember who it is, but he said that you should take that list that you have and rip it up. And you should make a new list of all the people that you have tainus against, all the people that you had machlekes with over the course of the years, all the people that you have, you don't like so much, they're not in your chevra, they're like people that, they're not cool enough for you, or they're too cool for you, or they're, whatever it is, those are the people that we should be sending shalachmanis to, because it's about like being ma'achet people. It's not about just, it, obviously it's also about fostering friendships, making them closer, but it's really about bringing together Klal Yisrael. Lech says Kala Yehudim. It's an achtas thing. And that's why we do Matanis Lev and that's why we do Sudas, Mishpacha, Mishpacha. We gather together. Rav Hutner says a great vart. He's the best. Purim, Rav Hutner is like the epicenter of all, all Purim Yisaitis. He says, that, you know, we drink on Purim. So mitzvah, to get drunk on Purim. So Rav Hutner says, a mushal, like a mushal about two friends, two friends that hadn't seen each other for a long time, and they met in some inn. They were each driven by their own balagala. They had each their own private driver driving them, and they, they went to an inn, and they had to leave, you know, they, they went to stop off to get something to eat or something, and then they were supposed to continue on their journey, and the, the, the Gaiyasha drivers, um, these balagolas, these wagon drivers, wanted to keep on going, but these two friends that hadn't seen each other for so long, that were at an inn together, they wanted to spend hours and hours schmoozing together and spending time recollecting the old memories, and, and, and they, they wanted to enjoy each other's company. So what did they do? They bought some schnapps, got some Woodford, and they, uh, and they gave it to the Balagolas. They gave it to the Gaiyasha people that were driving them, and they were happy to take it, and they got drunk. They got drunk. You can't drink and drive. So that enabled them to be able to uh, spend the whole night together and be ma'achid with one another again. So if one says that's what Purim is, Purim is... We, we each have, the reason why I'm not so close to all the people that I should be close to is because we have like a balagala inside of us. We have like this, like a gayasha, you know, being inside of us. We all have that inside, that negative, you know, person that's not, that doesn't really want to be friends with other people. We don't want to foster relationship. We have like that, that bad side of us. But we want to get rid of it because I want to hug everybody on Purim. I want to be close to every yid. So what do I do? I drink a little mashka. I drink a little, a little schnapps, a little wine. And that shikers up that guy inside of us, that, that person inside of us that doesn't want us to be friendly, that, that, that outside foreign influence inside of us. We get him a little drunk so he doesn't want to do anything. He's happy where he is. And then we're able to enjoy and rejoice together.
And that's Purim. Purim is a day that we're able to make connections with people that we ordinarily wouldn't. You know, sometimes you see somebody, you know, let's say you see another lander guy. You could see him every day in yeshiva and you ignore him. You never sit next to him by meals. You never say good Shabbos to him. You never... And then all of a sudden, if you see him all the, you know, on a, uh, let's say you see him in an airport in Echves uh, in Orlando, all of a sudden, you know, hey, how you doing? Shalom Aleichem. All of a sudden you know him. Right? That's the way it is. Purim is like that. Purim is a day that even if you, you, you know everybody, you, you are friendly with everybody, but it's a day that you could be ma'ached with one another. And that's a major point of Purim that we also shouldn't be mabdal from. The embraces that we give on Purim, the, the dancing together we have on Purim and Yeshiva, the shack that we're ma'ached, the whole yeshiva together. And all that we do on Purim together is one. That's something that we shouldn't be mabdal from. Sometimes guys come over to me and ask, Rabbi, if you could change one thing about yeshiva, what would it be? And the answer, I don't even have to think anymore. I know what the answer is. The answer is the one thing that I think we have, I think we have a great yeshiva. And you go sometimes during Starim, like first aid and the place is roaring and like uh, you're so proud to be a part of the yeshiva. But the reality is, and this is not a secret, is that we're not really a unified yeshiva. We have our own shir, maybe we're close with guys in our shir, or maybe guys within our major, if we're pre-med guys and we work in the lab together, so there's reason to bump it. If it's a guy that's not in my shir, not in my lab, not in my room, I have nothing to do with him. I don't know three quarters of the yeshiva. And that's very sad because that's not the way yeshiva is supposed to be. I, I've never been to a yeshiva like that. Every yeshiva that I've been to, pretty much I knew every single guy in the yeshiva. Very often I knew the guy's mother's maiden name. I knew how many siblings they had. I know, you know what they're high. I know, you know every guy in yeshiva. It's a family. Just like you know your, your brothers and sisters' names and interests and hobbies and milas and chesreinus, that's how you should be in yeshiva. We're a family, we're a community, we're a society. Unfortunately, we don't have that a thousand percent down in, in our yeshiva. And I think that's the greatest tragedy it's a tragedy. It's nothing short of a tragedy. We don't understand how important it is to have that achdos, that sense of we're one yeshiva and we care about each other and we care about the yeshiva itself and it means something to us and we have a common interest, a common goal, a common society. There, there, there's nothing more important than that. But, and we have excuses. We don't have time for that. We don't have, that. We don't have time for it. We do have time for it. You know when the time for it is? The time for it is Shabbos. Every Shabbos is the most, the greatest opportunity to have achdos with people that are not, you could sit at a table with guys not in your shir, not in your major, not in your room, and you, and you shmooze, and you fabreng, and you get together. And on Shabbos, I don't know what happened, but since COVID, Shabbos, I'm not talking about the in Shabbosim, even them, they have like been shvach, like 50% off of the in Shabbosim before COVID, but a regular Shabbos, we used to have literally five, six long tables of guys on a regular Shabbos. 
And I'm embarrassed to say Barabbam on, on a video, you know, what we have today on a Shabbos. But those of you that have ever taken the chance of coming on a Shabbos know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's very sad. It's sad for me because I'm here every Shabbos and it's like lonely. But, and it's not, it's not Gishmak to have a, you know, have a, a yeshiva that's, that's not into Shabbos. The food is delicious. There's plenty of it. The Shabbos, you know, the drushes are gewaldic. The, the, the davening is beautiful. And Shalashudis is, you know, is amazing. And no one's here. Where is everybody? And I'm giving, I'm preaching to the choir because I know a lot of you are here. But, you know, all the other members of the yeshiva that are not here and probably are not going to be here for even this Shabbos, the greatest Shabbos of the year, like, where are they? Why wouldn't they want to be here? Why are they going to other yeshivas or other communities or other... Why? Shabbos is the ma'achet of, uh, of a yeshiva. It's the time that we have that we don't have to go, we don't have the excuses of, of our technology, of our classes, of our studying, of our... We could just be here with each other. That's my wish list. I have one thing on my wish list for yeshiva, and I've spoken about this in the past, and that is that we have to figure out a way to have achdas. Not just on Purim, but on every Shabbos of the year, every day of the year. But it starts with Shabbos. And if we could create, and you could think about it, I'll give you homework, think about ways that we could make Shabbos more gishmak. Money is no object in this issue. We could spend any money that you want if you, can, if you come up with a great idea. If I have to pay a guy $100 to stay for Shabbos, I would do it. Rahman that that's necessary even to be mentioned. And I'm not mentioning it seriously, of course, but like that's how I'm, I'm trying to convey how important it is for every single guy to be here on Shabbos. Obviously, if you have a bar mitzvah, you have a, you know, your grandmother is here for Shabbos and you want him, obviously. But every single week you have something else. The default is that you should be in Yeshiva for Shabbos. If for no other reason that this is where you learn and you can learn so much on Shabbos. There are guys in Yeshiva that used to spend every Shabbos in Yeshiva, including the off Shabbosim. And they would come after Sukkot and they wouldn't come up for air until Pesach. They would mamish stay in Yeshiva. And you know, those guys are guys that became the greatest that we have in our alumni body. It's not a coincidence. But they also were Gishmak with the other. They knew all the Chevra and they... Shabbos is the time to do that. We can't be purred from Shabbos. You can't separate. A Jew can't separate from Purim. And the whole year has to be Purim. We have to be ma'achid like we are on Purim. And we have to be ma'achid like Shabbos throughout the, year, throughout the week. But we have to be here on Shabbos in order to be ma'achid from Shabbos throughout the week. The achtas that we're going to have, in my opinion, is not going to come from giving out, you know, from wearing lander, uh, you know, hoodies. It's going to, that's not a bad thing either, by the way, but that's not going to do it. What's going to do it is to be able to come every week together on Shabbos, a nice, beautiful chevra of 100, 150 guys, and make this the, 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 the place to be on Shabbos. It's a, it's a vicious cycle, because if nobody's here, then nobody wants to be here, because it's pathetic, and I understand that. But if we jumpstart it and we make it, this is a gishmaka place to be on Shabbos, and I don't want to go anywhere else on Shabbos, then we're going to have an amazing yeshiva for once. We used to have it, by the way. I'm not saying it was perfect ever, but we used to have it. It was very gishmak. Shabbos was Shabbos, and Purim was Purim, and Yom Kippur was Yom Kippur, because guys felt that they wanted to be here, they wanted to stay, they wanted to make this their yeshiva. In Eretz Yisrael, you felt that that yeshiva that you went to was your yeshiva if you went to yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael, and we know there's a common culture, and oh, this guy, that guy, and 
you should feel proud to be here. And you should adopt it finally as your own yeshiva and you should spread the word to every roommate, to every chavrusa, to every lab partner, to every, that this is where we should be on Shabbos. Purim shouldn't be going to other places, other yeshivas. Be here. Go to your Abayim Sudas. Come to the shack, obviously. Where else would you want to be? Like, why would you want to be anywhere else? That's the site of Purim. Purim is a day we can't be mobbed from. We don't want to lose that feeling of Purim. The Achdus of Purim, the Ben Adam Lamakim, Ben Adam is something we can't be mobbed from. And that carries us through the year. It should. And the way that we could make it remind, it was we have constant weekly reminders of what, what it's like to be a, a Purim Yid, and that's Shabbos. And that is what I want to share with you today. It's such an important lesson. Please don't ignore what I'm saying. Think about it. You could be the new founder of Yeshiva. You could, we need a Hizchatris. We need to make Shabbos Gishmak again. We need to make Yantiv Gishmak. We need to feel that we're part of something. Of course, Night Seder, I should mention also, is very fundamentally important. It's also Shvat. We have to be, it's not bad, but we have to be Mechazik. There should be 200 guys in basement at night when there's not lab and there's not that. But where are they? Where is everybody? It's embarrassing for you. It's your your Yeshiva. And I know everybody, the irony is I give shmuz to the people that don't need the shmuz because they're the ones that are here. But who am, who am I supposed to give the shmuz to? It's people that are not here? I can't do that. I don't have that power. But you have the power. Because you go and you can pollinate these ideas in the dorm and in the labs and in the classrooms and in the shear rooms. And spread it. Let's do something about it. Let's not say, okay, it's a problem. And like, you know, like, you know, go like this and like, Whatever. No, whatever. Like, let's actually do something. It's not so hard to do. We have the food. We have the yeshiva. We have the basement. We have sefritar. We have a balkari. We have, a, we have everything. We just need guys. And I don't understand it, but whatever it is, we could overcome it. Whatever it is, we could overcome it. It's not impossible. And with all the svaras and with all the law, and I, I, I could give you a list of reasons why guys don't come, because I have to. I have, that's the only way, way that I could, you know, live with myself. But none of them really are legitimate reasons. They're all, you know, feasons, as my daughter would say, fake reasons. They're not real reasons, they're feasons. And we have to be mechazig ourselves in in Yantiv and Shabbos, Simcha, the happiness that we could get. Sas and Yakar, separating ourselves from the Umasalam, making ourselves proud to be Yidin, proud to be Bnei Tayyar, proud to be Bnei Hayeshiva, this Yeshiva, and making it an amazing Purim Dika year, Shabbos Dika year, came to Yalonu. <laughs>